You're listening to Asbury University's Chapel Podcast, recorded live from our campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury's Chapel Service hosts speakers from around the world to inspire academic excellence and spiritual vitality. We hope you enjoy today's message. I want to begin by stating uh, for us that as soon as you look at Ephesians chapter 4, this chapter begins with a compelling question if we pay attention to it. And the question is, lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Those words really stunned me and it got my attention because it communicated so much to me. Lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. How often do you hear a plea such as this? How often does somebody ask you, lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called? A close analysis of the statement reveals several assumptions that are inherent in this verse. A close review will help us see that somehow the author of this text is indicating that we can lead a life worthy. We can lead a life that is worthy. Secondly, it assumes that there is a calling to which you and I have been called as followers of Jesus Christ. And then it also allows us to get a sense that perhaps things were not going so well, that the people in that time and in that place in Ephesus were not leading a worthy life, nor were they living up to the calling to which they had been called. I believe that all of those elements are so relevant to us even today. The invitation to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you and I have been called. In chapter four, a transition occurs. And what is this transition? The transition is from doctrinal instructions to ethical considerations. Simply put, the chapters will now move into talking about how you and I are ought to be living as disciples of Jesus Christ. Chapters one, two, and three gloriously describe who we are in Jesus. The author of Ephesians says that we are the chosen, we are the adopted as children of the living God. We are redeemed through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And you and I have an inheritance of eternal life. By grace, we have been saved through faith in Jesus Christ. And it is through this faith that Christ dwells in us. What an amazing description of who we are. But there's a question for us in this description. And I want to place that before you. And if you will hold it in your minds as we work through the segment that, that I will be speaking from. Do we see ourselves as persons who are chosen, 
adopted as children of the living God, redeemed through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ? Do we believe that we have an inheritance of eternal life, or do we simply find ourselves living out of our impoverished selves? Are we able to see ourselves as persons who through faith Christ dwells in us? How would you describe yourself? God describes us as worthy because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. We are redeemed from a life of darkness to a life of wholeness and fullness. We no longer have to live lives that are ruled by our sins and by our brokenness. But by grace, we live as the children of the living God. A life that is marked by victory of Jesus Christ over sin. This is such a compelling invitation and a compelling case for us to forego the false selves that we try to live out of. And the invitation to walk into this call to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you and I have been called through the power that is available to us in Jesus Christ. A look at our world and frankly, a look at ourselves shows us that we live in the fear of the unknown and uncertain future. Anybody relate to that? We are living in a compounded moment in current history with all that which surrounds us living in the fear of the unknown and uncertain future. But these are not fears just without, lest we forget the fears that are within. We live in brokenness and we live in sin. And if I may call you in this moment, dear friends, we don't have to live this life in such a state of brokenness and sin. We have the opportunity to really move into living the life that is worthy, the life that is available to us in Jesus Christ. There are a couple things for us to reflect and digest as we consider this text. First of which I was able to reckon as living a worthy life. Living a wor worthy life, first of all, assumes that our lives are worthy. Do you consider your lives to be worthy? We are plagued as human beings with finding our worth, and somehow we are never good enough. The standards of worthiness are constantly shifting. If it is not in our wealth or in our positions, it is in our abilities and capabilities. Where are you finding your worth? What is it that informs and shapes who you are as people who belong to the living God?
While it is a basic human need to find worth and value, our search for worth needs to begin with who God says we are. Our search for worth begins oftentimes in things that are external, in what others say who we are as opposed to who God says we are. I am always perplexed as to why we are always so much eager to know what others think about us than what God thinks about you and me when God is our maker. He is the one who has made us in flesh and blood and in his image. In 1 Peter 2.9, Paul says this, You are a chosen people called out of darkness into light. And this call is for all who believe in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. The often quoted and well-known verse found in John 3.16, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish. The criteria is that we believe in Jesus Christ. Now in this text of Ephesians chapter 4, certain benchmarks are established for worthy life. It is marked by humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. These important hallmarks of a worthy life must be understood so that you and I can live with the right recognition of what it means to live in humility, in gentleness, in patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity in the bond of peace. I want to quickly give us a little bit more in each of these hallmarks that are discussed. Now, walking in humility, what does that mean? It is not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think, to be deeply aware of our unworthiness. I want to remind us that to become deeply aware or be deeply aware of our unworthiness doesn't mean we remain there. Recognizing our unworthiness reminds us that the way to worthiness is found in living this life that we have been called to in and through Jesus Christ. We ought to be living out of the recognition of this reality that we are not better than someone else, neither are we less than someone else. We are called to be able to overcome evil with good in this posture of humility gentleness and meekness. And this is where John Wesley's thoughts are critical because he says that gentleness and meekness is the power over anger and over all violent passions that we hold within our human self. Gentleness and meekness is not being shy, but gentleness and meekness is having the ability to have power over our anger, to restrain our anger and the violent passions that are part of our human reality. Patience 
is being quiet and unshaken even when provoked. Oftentimes, patience is so misunderstood as just being forgiving, but what it really is getting at is to be unshakable, to be quietly unshakable even when provoked to anger. Bearing with one another implies that we are called to not resent anything nor avenge or defend ourselves. But we are called to sympathize with each other in our sorrows and afflictions and infirmities, helping each other. So bearing with each other really at the core of it is helping each other through the moments of life. I hope that this empowers us and informs us as to how we can continue to live into these hallmarks of a worthy life as understood in the book of Ephesians. Finally, eager, being eager to maintain the unity in the bond of peace. My friends, unity is arrived at when we live in this posture of humility and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love. It is important for us to recognize what a worthy life is not. And those verses were read for us, verses 17 to 32, are the marks of the old life, living in the futility of our minds, darkened in our understanding, alienated from the life of God because of our ignorance. May we find the courage to face those realities within ourselves and receive the gift of the new nature that is promised to anyone who accepts Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It is so hard to see our, our struggle to find our true self, and yet we look for it in places where it's not found. The invitation is to find our true selves in Jesus Christ. I want to remind us, and, and I, was, I was reading recently and came across some, some quotes and thoughts I want to share with you, that just simply going to church on Sunday does not imply that we follow Jesus Christ. Neither does it imply uh, that we are genuinely reflecting the character of Jesus Christ. There's an excerpt from Mere Christianity written by C.S. Lewis, and, and it says that Christ says, he, he calls us to give our whole selves to him. Jesus says, I don't want so much of your time, neither your money, nor your work. I want you. So give me your whole self, and I will give you a new self instead. In fact, I will give you myself. My own will shall become yours. Further, C.S. Lewis goes on to say in Mere Christianity that church exists to draw us, you and me, to Christ to become like Christ. If the churches are not doing this thing, then it is a waste of time. That is an important piece to pay attention to, that if you and I are not becoming more like Jesus Christ, then all that we do as a Christian is a waste of time.
That is a hard word to reckon with because the invitation is to live in the power of Jesus Christ. So just as we're called to live a worthy life, we have been called is the other aspect of this verse one that I want to pay attention to. This plea is not just for a certain few, it is for all of us. Each of us is called to live as children of God, and we know that there is a general calling and a specific calling, and each of us is called to live out of both of those, the general call to be the children of God and the specific call, the specific calls in the way in which he invites us to work and contribute to the world. Much of our lives are taken up with trying to live someone else's life when it is extremely important to live our own lives. In living our lives, we discover our worth and discover our calling. This was a reality that I grappled with many years ago when I was so confounded by the struggles that I saw around me. And I paused and I asked myself, who do I need to be emulating? Who do I need to be following? I have role models and people that I admire and aspire to be like. But the invitation for us clearly in this text is to become more like Jesus Christ and thus living out, leading worthy lives as we have been called to. In Philippians chapter 3, verses 8 through 10, Paul says, Knowing Christ is the richest treasure one can find. Because in finding Christ, we find ourselves. And he goes on to further say, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. Another important statement to pay attention to are the things that we are after, are they truly moving us to living a life that reflects more Christ-likeness in us? That is the imperative question of the day. Are we living Christ-like lives? Finally, Christ is the one who makes the living of our worthy lives possible. In Paul's life, an alteration took place when Paul was on his way to continue in his mission of persecuting followers of Jesus Christ. Paul encountered a light, a blinding light, and he fell to the ground as he heard a voice saying to him, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? You will find the account of Paul's transformation in Acts chapter 9, verses 3 onwards. And what I want us to reckon with in this reality, in this encounter that, that Saul had, then that led to him being called Paul, is if you haven't had this encounter that alters the trajectory of your life, I hope that you will consider 
an encounter with Jesus Christ today. I want to also remind us that we do this not alone, but we do this with the power of the Holy Spirit. In Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, we find these words, It is not by might, it is not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. I cannot tell you enough how true these words are if we take them to task. I hope that I can sit across from you with a cup of tea or coffee or whatever your drink is and engage in a conversation of what a life we can behold and live if we release our full selves into the hands of God. This is a journey for me and I am still on it and I hope that you are on it as well. The struggle is to give our full selves to Jesus Christ. The internal, the external, all of ourselves. And yet, I am so surprised when we so readily and easily give of our full selves to things that break us and destroy us. And here is an invitation to give our full selves to the one who can make us whole and restore the worthiness of your life and my life. The good news then, my friends, is that the gospel tells us that your life is worth. My life is worth. Your value and even your calling are found, are not found in great things that you and I achieve. It is a gift that is given to you and me from the one who gave his life to save you and me from eternal destruction. Do we realize what a lavish gift we have been offered and yet time and again we deny or we reject this gift that is so freely available to us. And we are seeing the side effects of rejecting these gifts because somehow I am caused to wonder if we are truly living worthy lives. Are we truly living worthy lives because if we were if we were living into the invitation found in Ephesians 4 1 if we are truly leading a life worthy of the calling to which you and I have been called our society our country our world would look different beginning with us if we lived the worthy life that we are being called to. I want to remind us in closing that we are not called to division and hatred, but we are called to be one in Jesus Christ. And so as we continue in these series, I hope you will hold these questions in your heart and mind. 
and allow these questions to bring to light that which you must, you and I must face if we are to extrapolate anything worthwhile out of this one life that you have been given and I have been given.